This is Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. I'm Abigail Snyder, and today I'm joined by Bernadette Tazy, a media relations manager at Alliance Defending Freedom, the world's largest legal organization protecting fundamental and God-given freedoms for all people. I'm so excited to talk to Bernadette today because several years ago she was an ADF client, and now she works for the organization that once defended her. At ADF, Bernadette specifically focuses on the sanctity of life and religious freedom. We'll be sure to get her thoughts on those issues today, specifically about a post-Roe America and the ways the pro-life movement can move forward following the Dobbs decision. Bernadette, thanks so much for taking the time to join me here on the station. Thank you, Abigail. So a significant part of your story is how you, with the help of ADF, took legal action against a professor at your university, Fresno State. But before we get to that lawsuit, how did you end up at Fresno State and what did you study? I'm originally from a little town outside of the Fresno area. My entire family went to Fresno State. Most of them were teachers in some form, teachers of some form. Uh, My mom was a preschool teacher. My brother was a music teacher. Uh, We have a lot of teachers in my family. And so I entered uh, to be become a speech therapist. So I joined the speech therapy program and I also have a minor in music. And uh, I, I ended up going there mostly because it was close to home and they had a great speech therapy program. So what were you involved in on campus at Fresno State? I was very heavily involved in a lot of different things. <laughs> and I had a couple of jobs outside of the campus too. But uh, on campus, I was on the leadership team for the Catholic group. I was involved in a community service group on campus. Uh, I was involved in the choir that had to do with my music minor as well and involved in the speech therapy club. Now, of course, um, I, at the time, I thought that my role in the pro-life movement was very small. I, I always attended the, stu- the, the San Francisco Walk for Life and went to pray in front of an abortion facility once a year. So I, I thought I was doing my part for the pro-life movement. Uh, but at the end of my junior year, I found out about Students for Life of America, and a friend and I decided to start a chapter on the Fresno State campus. I learned so much from being involved in a pro-life group. I mean, you're providing resources and community for students on campus. It challenged me. It provided me opportunities that I didn't even know existed, uh, like testifying in front of the California State Legislature. Um, And you're also supporting pregnant and parenting students and and saving lives. It's an incredible experience. So tell us a little bit more about your pro-life group's work. What were the kinds of things the group did on the campus of Fresno State? And did you have any significant challenges or victories? So we did a lot of tabling events, which means we provided education uh, about various abortion or pregnancy related issues. Uh, So we had various displays that were put on throughout the campus. Um, We put up posters. uh, We, uh, like I mentioned before, testified in front of the state legislature. Uh, There was a bill back in uh, around 2017 to 2019 um, that was proposed that is now actually unfortunately in effect requiring all public universities in California to distribute the uh, chemical abortion drugs on campus. And so we played a a big part in advocating against that and advocating for uh, pregnant and parenting students. Um, So we did, we we were involved in various campus and community events. Uh, We even brought our our pregnancy center in the area. They have a a mobile unit. And so we brought their mobile unit on campus numerous times, um, allowing for pregnant students or students that thought they might be pregnant um, to, to access those resources that they provide as well. 
And so with regard to victories, what kind of things did you see your little, you know, pro-life student group doing on the campus of Fresno State? What impact did you all have? The first year that we were involved with Students for Life on campus, it was a pretty difficult one. We had posters torn down and defaced, hundreds of posters torn down and defaced. We struggled with low membership. There were really only about two to three active members in that first year. Um, And I was actually hoping that somebody else would come along and take over the group uh, when I graduated, because even though I was going to continue on campus in graduate school on the Fresno State campus, um, I was really hoping that somebody else would come along and and take over the group um, because I thought it was a failure. But in fact, it was not, um, because by the end of that first year, we had already helped to save one life from abortion. Uh, A student named Jessica Riojas found herself in an unplanned pregnancy. Um, She came and visited one of our tables, and before she knew she was pregnant, uh, we were passing out these little baby fetal models, 12-week fetal models, that show what a baby looks like at 12 weeks in the womb. You can see their eyes, their fingers and toes, their features, their facial features. Um, it's it's quite, uh, it's really cute, but it's also really educational. Um, and we were passing those out on campus. And just a few weeks after that, uh, she found out that she was pregnant and she found herself in front of a Planned Parenthood counselor who tried to convince her that she was irresponsible and that she should have an abortion. Um, she ended up going back to her car where she had this little 12 week fetal model in her car and it helped her to humanize the baby in her womb, and she ended up choosing life. Um, So we had already (laughs) helped to save one life from abortion, even when we thought it was a failure. So I encourage your your, uh, fellow uh, students that might be listening, um, that if you're feeling discouraged because of some some difficulties that are happening on campus, you are already making a difference. That student ended up joining us uh, a few months after her daughter was born, um, she got a 4.0 GPA the, the very semester that her daughter was born, and she ended up being a very strong pro-life advocate for pregnant and parenting students specifically on campus and in her community, and she still does to this day. You're listening to Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. I'm Abigail Snyder, joined by Alliance Defending Freedom Media Relations Manager Bernadette Tazy. So I mentioned this earlier, but let's talk a little about the lawsuit that Alliance Defending Freedom filed on behalf of Fresno State Students for Life, the group you were president of, against a Fresno State professor. What was the pro-life group trying to do, and how did the professor try to stop that? So give us the story, if you would. Sure. At the end of our first year being active on campus, we decided to have a chalking event, and I mean like actual sidewalk chalk where we got permission from the university to chalk pro-life messages on the campus. These are messages like support pregnant and parenting students, uh, the heart beats at six weeks after conception, um, other various encouraging messages um, that encourage, uh, that that had a life-affirming message. Uh, This is very common at the Fresno State campus, chalking, I mean. Um, Lots of other groups had done so in the past. And so it really wasn't unusual for us to ask for this. And they they did give us permission to do so. And as we were finishing up the day that we actually did the chalking, a professor came up to me and said that he uh, was going to erase those messages. Um, I was by myself at the time, so I, I fled the scene and put all the chalk back in my car. And as I was walking back through campus, I noticed that this same professor had taken students out of his 8 a.m. class and he was talking to a group of his students and basically said, go and erase those messages. 
Um, so I pulled out my cell phone camera and I talked to the students um, and, and to the professor who said that it was his free speech to erase our messages, to censor us. Um, and that's simply not true. And I do encourage all of your listeners to go and watch that. It's a two minute video um, showing that this professor truly didn't know what free speech means at all. Um, and we unfortunately see that a lot on campuses now. So why did you decide to reach out to Alliance Defending Freedom and how did ADF get involved? Students for Life of America connected me with Alliance Defending Freedom. Um, they informed me of my rights on campus. They informed me that there, there was no such speech zone on campus as the professor tried to allege in the video um, and that I had every right to be out there and to share the pro-life message. Um, I, I had even gotten permission from the university and told the professor this on camera, um, but he again thought that it was his uh, so-called free speech to censor our message. Um, and so what, what ended up happening um, is that we filed a lawsuit against this professor and much to our surprise, um, the university actually came out with a statement in support of us um, because we had gotten permission from them and because they supported free speech on our campus. Um, and so that was quite a pleasant surprise. Um, and that's not something that you see often uh, across the country. So with this positive result to your lawsuit, how did that impact you and your passion for the pro-life movement as a whole? Mm -hmm. So I do, I'll, I'll mention the specifics of, of what we won in this lawsuit. Um, so the professor was responsible for a total of $28,000 in damages and attorney's fees. Uh, we have an injunction against him so that he can't ever interfere with our group again. And the group does live on. Um, it's, it's actually still going after seven years. Um, it started back in 2016 and it's still going now. Um, which again, I, I thought it was a, a failure and, and look at it now, we're, we're doing so much uh, on the campus even years after it started. Um, and then he also was required to attend a free speech training with my Alliance Defending Freedom attorney. Um, so that's a big win for free speech on campus. Um, and we, we realized how necessary it was to have uh, a pro-life voice on campus. I mean, he was literally trying to censor our life-saving messages. Um, this case and knowing that Students for Life of America and Alliance Defending Freedom had my back intensified my passion for the pro-life movement. Um, and again, I, I just realized how necessary it was to have that pro-life voice on campus. Uh, really what this professor meant for harm, God used for good. And, and there are still other students and professors that are out there that are being targeted on campuses all the time. Um, we have several active cases here at Alliance Defending Freedom. Peter Vlaming, a high school teacher in Virginia, was fired after declining to refer to a female student with male pronouns, even though he used the student's preferred name. Jack Denton, a student in Florida, was removed from his post as student Senate president after sharing his personal religious beliefs in private text messages. And there's so many other examples of this kind of censorship that's happening on campus um, for those who are just being truth tellers. Um, and that's really what we're doing when we when we uh, allow for free speech on our campuses is we're allowing for people to reach the truth uh, rather than censoring messages. Well, Bernadette, this is all so impactful to hear about. But turning a little more to your story, you didn't go straight from graduating college to working for ADF. So what did you do between your 2017 college graduation and then going to work for ADF? 
So I graduated college in, in May of 2017, which is the same month we filed the lawsuit. <laughs> um, but I did continue on the Fresno State campus for a two-year graduate degree, uh, graduate program. Um, and I, I received my master's in uh, speech language pathology after those two years. After that, I did one year uh, full time as a speech language pathologist before joining the Alliance Defending Freedom team. So tell us how you ended up at ADF as an employee and what your job has been for the last several years. I mentioned at the beginning that you're a media relations manager on the communications team. But what does that look like day to day? Alliance Defending Freedom focuses on the sanctity of life, parental rights, free speech, and religious freedom. And these are all things that I'm, I'm very passionate about. We have 14 wins at the U.S. Supreme Court, including the Dobbs case. We were privileged to work with Mississippi to draft their 15-week pro-life legislation and serve on the Supreme Court legal team that successfully defended its law and overturned Roe. Uh, so it's an honor to work at such an amazing organization. And I realized that I, I just needed to continue my pro-life work um, and, and other, other work related to all of these different areas that Alliance Defending Freedom focuses on. Um, and so then I, I picked up and moved to Arizona in the middle of the pandemic. <laughs> um, and now I'm in Arizona working full-time with Alliance Defending Freedom. I work on the media communications team, which means that I work on a lot of our communications surrounding our cases and topics. Uh, focusing, as you mentioned earlier, especially on the sanctity of life and religious freedom. Part of that also entails working with the media to ensure that our clients' cases stories are covered fairly. Um, and it's an honor to be able to work um, in, in any way, working on all of these different very important topics that are under attack today. So as we've talked about, you were once an ADF client. What unique perspective does this give you concerning your work at ADF? Our clients are incredibly inspirational. We have clients with their, their jobs on the line, their businesses, their livelihood. Um, it's, it's just an incredible experience to be able to work with them. And I have the honor of being able to work directly with them. Um, each day, I hope that I can bring a unique perspective by having that advantage of having experienced both sides of things so that we can best represent our clients and their interests when communicating about their cases. You're listening to Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. I'm Abigail Snyder, joined by Alliance Defending Freedom Media Relations Manager Bernadette Tazy. Bernadette, let's turn to the pro-life movement. I'd love to get your thoughts on living in a post-Roe America and ways that we can work to protect every unborn life. But before we turn there, let's make sure we're all on the same page. Can you briefly explain the 1973 Roe v. Wade ruling and then the very recent Dobbs ruling from the summer of 2022? First off, I am not an attorney. Um, I work on the media communications team at Alliance Defending Freedom, so I'm going to keep my explanations of these cases simple. Um, and hopefully that's an advantage for, for your listeners as well. Um, basically, what the Dobbs decision did this summer is it returned the decision of protecting life back to the states. States can now affirm that life is a human right and ensure that women have real support. Uh, in regards to Roe, even abortion advocates and scholars have criticized uh, the Roe decision, including the late Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who called it a heavy-handed judicial intervention that was difficult to justify. Um, it, it prevented states from passing laws that protect the unborn um, and took away from the American people their right to preserve the dignity of women in all human life. It caused the loss of over 60 million lives 
um, each one of them so unique and so valuable. Um, the U.S. Um, under Roe and several states even now, it's an outlier. It's an extreme outlier in abortion law and policy. We're one of only a handful of nations in the entire world that allow abortion on demand uh, through all nine months of pregnancy. 75% uh, of nations either don't permit abortions at all or at most protect life after 12 weeks. Roe mandated that states permit abortion through the sixth month of pregnancy and now states can protect life and provide women real support through the entire pregnancy, all thanks to the Dobbs decision. Those are some weighty statistics. And it might be tempting to think that because of the Dobbs decision, the pro-life movement has no more work to do. In a post-Roe America, is that true? Absolutely not. I, I, I mean, we're talking about states that are on par with countries like North Korea and China, and, and nobody wants to be um, in line with uh, human rights violators like North Korea and China, when it, especially when it comes to laws that affect women and children and families experiencing unplanned pregnancies. Alliance Defending Freedom is involved in uh, defending the pro-life laws in a number of states across the country. Um, you're also going to see things like in, in West Virginia, uh, a major manufacturer of chemical abortion drugs is challenging the, the laws that protect uh, women and children from chemical abortion drugs. We've also sued the FDA for their approval of chemical abortion drugs um, and removing all of the safeguards surrounding that as well over the last several years. Um, so there's still a lot to do in a post-Roe America, and there's a lot that your listeners can do to help us with that. Well, along those lines, what are some practical ways that we can all get involved to ensure that every innocent human life is protected? There are so many different ways on the national, state, and local and community levels uh, that everyone can get involved in. Uh, I mentioned before that I attended the Walk for Life um, and that I once a year would go to a Planned Parenthood and pray in front of that facility. And that's that's a good start, um, but there are pregnancy centers that are in need of, of donations and in need of volunteers. There are student groups that should be started on campus so that the, the students on campuses can hear the pro-life message. Um, there's a need for pregnant women and families facing unplanned pregnancies um, that needs to be filled uh, by your community. And, and whether that need is uh, housing, whether that's donations to these pregnancy centers, um, whether that's uh, providing diapers and, and car seats and transportation, all of these things, um, this it, it really requires a community to come together and make sure that women and, and families that are facing unplanned pregnancies are making sure that they are getting that support that they need. Well, Bernadette, thank you so much for joining me here on the station to discuss your story and work and also help us understand life in a post-Roe America and a potential path forward for the pro-life movement. You've been listening to Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. I'm Abigail Snyder, and I've been joined by Alliance Defending Freedom Media Relations Manager, Bernadette Tazy. We hope you've enjoyed this interview and that you'll tune in again for more special content. <laughs>